0: We were buried with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, we too might walk in newness of life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. may be seated. There are no doubt dozens and dozens of logos that I could flash before your eyes, and you'd immediately know what brand they referred to. The golden arches, McDonald's, of course, right? That piece of fruit with a bite out of it on your phone, Apple. If I see a box by my front door with a smile on it, I know I've got an Amazon package. We in 21st century America know all about brands. Brands are the companies and the products that we use and and consume and at times even identify with. I know plenty of an iPhone user who identifies as an Apple person. When I was growing up, I was kind of into Vans shoes. We're at times even kind of encouraged to like by the marketing gurus to develop our own personal brand. Our identities, who we are, who we take ourselves to be, how we show ourselves to one another are heavily influenced by how we brand ourselves. Now in a few moments, we're going to witness and participate in the great Christian branding ceremony, the sacrament of baptism. I don't mean that crassly. Christianity is not some product to peddle. Rather far deeper than any logo, reboot, or marketing strategy, baptism is a divinely ordained sign by which Christians show themselves to belong wholly and totally to God. In baptism, we sign on to brand Jesus and give our full allegiance to him. We talk about sacraments as being outward and visible signs of an inward and spiritual grace. The outward invisible sign in this sacrament is pretty obvious. It's the washing with water, the pouring on of the head of the Christian, the waters of baptism. But the inward grace is our joining with Christ in his death and his resurrection. What has happened to Christ in dying on the cross and being raised back to life is infused into us so that we can die to sin and be raised to new life in Christ. In this liturgy today, two Christians are going to participate in this ceremony to show that they have received this grace that God is offering to them in, their li- in, their, in the life and death and resurrection of, of Jesus. Right after the baptism, is right after the water gets poured on the head, we'll come to a moment that, for me, is, is one of the most profound sayings in our prayer book. I'll make the sign of the cross on the forehead of each candidate, and I'll say, You are sealed with the Holy Spirit in baptism and marked as Christ's own forever. You're marked as Christ's own forever. All the brands of the world may pass away, but baptism shows that these two candidates and all of us who have been baptized belong totally to Christ. We stand under the sign of the cross as we are marked as Christ's own. For me, it's specifically in this sense that we see the closest way that baptism as a new covenant practice is the fulfillment of the old covenant practices of marking or demarcating the people of God. God has long used signs or ceremonies to communicate that certain people belong to him. We can recall circumcision as a sign that God gave to Abraham, whereby God said that all the baby boys who were circumcised belonged to the people of God. Or we can think of the Passover, when the Israelites smeared blood on the door frames of their doors in order that the angel of the Lord would pass over them. That smeared blood marked them as belonging to God. Or when these same Israelites passed through the Red Sea, as we heard, and God saved them from the pursuing Egyptians, that experience itself served as a sign that they were God's people and they were marked as his own. Or just a few pages later in that great narrative, the Israelites who smeared the blood on their doorposts and who had passed through the Red Sea came to Mount Sinai, and there God made a covenant with them. And among the core conditions of this covenant was a simple relational truth. God said, I will be your God, and you will be my people. So too for us, we Christians belong to God. We've inherited the traditions laid down in the Old Covenant, but we've received them as fulfilled in Christ. When we are baptized and marked as Christ's own, we embrace living a pattern of life that is marked by belonging to God. But just what is that pattern of life that flows from belonging to God? Well, as Paul says in our Romans reading tonight, this pattern of life is one that has been set free from sin, In the baptismal liturgy, these candidates proclaim that they have repented, that they have turned away from sin and turned to God. No longer do Christians belong to sin, the flesh, or the devil. Rather, Christians have repented, turned away, shunned the devil and the works of evil, and instead have placed themselves wholly and solely on God's side. I think a similar turning occurs in another sacrament, in the sacrament of marriage. You might recall in the wedding ceremony when the bride or the groom promised themselves to, their, to the other, they say that they do so forsaking all others. The Christian view of marriage is as a monogamous relationship where a man or a woman turns from all other potential mates, turns from all others, forsakes all others to be wholly committed to their spouse. And in baptism, a Christian forsakes all other gods, forsakes anything else that would compete for worship, forsakes all others who would compete for their allegiance and turns wholly committed to Christ. When God said to those Israelites at Sinai, I'll be your God and you'll be my people, he also said, you will have no other gods but me. I think St. Paul describes this turning in our epistle reading tonight when he says this, he says... We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. The people of God belong totally to God and have forsaken all other gods, especially those sins that would try to take God's place in our lives. Paul is saying that through our being marked as belonging to Christ, We have turned away from sin, we have forsaken sin, and and because of this, we are now free, free to be alive in God, free to be alive in Christ, following the way of Christ. Now, if there was any logo that could even come close to aptly representing the Christ brand, it's of course the sign I'll make on these candidates' heads, the sign of the cross. But What does that tell us? A logo is attempting to convey something core about a company, The mark of a Christian is the mark of a cross. The mark of a Christian is then literally a sign of death. But for us, this death is the death of our own selfishness, our own pride, our own sin. And in fact, Christians are marked by the death of death. Note that Paul is saying in Romans 6 that we follow the pattern of Christ's death and resurrection Sometimes we get a little gloomy and forget that part. We only get the first part here. We're too good at Lent sometimes. Yes, yeah, so our lives are marked by Christ's death, and this is a, the epitome of self-sacrifice. We Christians are called to deny ourselves, to deny our own self-interest, to take up our crosses and follow Christ. But being marked as Christ's own for our whole lives is not, uh, is not something that entails the obliteration of ourselves. It's not just the pattern of Christ's death that we follow. It's the pattern of Christ's resurrection. And to follow this pattern is is not just to wait for resurrection sometime way off in the future. It's that, but it's so much more. It's so much more for right here and right now. Paul says, we were buried with him by baptism into death in order that we might walk in newness of life. That's the present tense. We who are marked as Christ's own are presently walking in the newness of life, in the resurrection life. Living under the mark of Christ means we live with death defeated. Sin no longer has power over us. The devil is not welcome here. And what's one of the quintessential pictures of, of resurrection life? Well, as we read in Revelation, it's a feast. It's a celebration. We've said in our liturgy all this whole Lent, the blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. The resurrection is a party. And all those who belong to Christ are invited. And this party has already started. In the very present, our lives are marked both by death and the defeat of death, both by the self-denial seen in Christ's death and by the fulfillment of being raised to new life by the power of God. And As Paul says, this new life is not marked by sin, death, or the devil. It's marked by freedom, the freedom for joy, the freedom for celebration, the freedom for love and for peace, and the freedom to be in Christ as God wants us to be. Christ's brand is a holy party, far more satisfying than anything we could market on our own. And of course, we don't have to market it. All we have to do is to receive it. Amen.